Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. They say it takes 21 days to form a new habit. We've been out of church for over 50 days. I'd say that's plenty of time to form a new habit. Trying to get back into the routine of coming to church is probably going to take some effort. Not unlike what you see John Christ performing in this video. Babe, can you hurry up? I can't figure out how to buckle this thing. We're going like three miles. It's... Who cares? All right, Leave it. What are you doing? It's dry shampoo. Do you think I have time to shower? Why do you need that? Just wake up earlier. Oh, maybe if you'd help me with the kids, okay. I could bathe. I do everything in this house. Can I, can you, give me that? That seatbelt thing drives me crazy. It gives me a headache. Can you buckle up? Please? Okay, maybe if you would do your job, I wouldn't have to. Mom, Dylan's mad. Why? Why is he mad? Because he lost his triceratops. Triceratops? Okay, triceratops aren't even in They're the Bible. They're not in the Bible. Okay, they don't we exist. learn creation. Here, put some of this under your eyes. What Did you, you not get any sleep? I got plenty of sleep. I'm fine. What? Daddy stayed up playing poker. Okay, enough. Play with the Barbies. Can you please learn how to drive? Listen, do your makeup at the house. I don't have time. What is this, chocolate or poops? Baby, I'm trying to put my lipstick on. If hey, you could he's, put... le he's learning about David and Goliath. Just let him shoot, okay? Throw that gun at <laughs> <laughs> I Mom, Dylan wants to watch videos on Dad's phone. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetie. Tell Dylan that Daddy's texting and driving and okay, he can't listen, use Okay, listen, I'm it. navigating, all right? I'm on the GPS. Okay, maybe if you went to church more, you wouldn't have to look up where it is. Can you stop hitting your brother, please? I promise you, if I have to pull this car over, these spankings are about to be deep and wide. If your mother didn't have so many headaches at night, then maybe I wouldn't be such an irritable mood. You know, get control of your family. Can you get please? control of the steering wheel, please? Yes. How long has this coffee been in here? I don't know, since last weekend. I don't care. You're in charge of the kids. Oh, I'm in charge of the kids? Uh, I don't know. Wives, submit to your husbands. Ever read that verse? You ever heard the song, It Takes Two to Make a Thing Go Right? That's not a Bible verse. Sorry, kids. It sounds like Daddy needs a little N-A-P-T-I-M-E. Okay, maybe Play Mommy out. needs some M-E-R-L-O-T again. Where is Barbie? Barbie's staying at home today. Okay, maybe Barbie stayed at home because she put on her makeup at the house. Maybe Barbie needs a new kin. But please, can I have that? And you would have another baby? We're and not guys, going to the playground! Quiet, I can't handle it. We <sighs> are going to church. <sighs> well, I hope the sermon series is on patience today. Okay, what? You need it. Come on, where is it? Can Come you on. give me Where's that? playground! We're not... Okay, if you guys can act good for just two hours, we'll take you to Pizza Hut after church, okay? Did you just bribe yummy, our children? Yummy. It's the only pizza, thing that works. Pizza. We're about to go into church. Will you put your phone on silent? Okay, maybe she should put your voice on silent. Okay. Hey, we're like 15 minutes late to church. Should we just act like visitors and park in the front? I don't know. We got to put on our flashers for that. Should we just drop the kids off and go to lunch? Can we even do that? We tithe enough. We should be. Mom, Dylan said he has to pee. Let him pee in his pants. I don't care. We have the diaper bag, sweetie. It's the church nursery's problem. No, we're not watching Moana on the way to church. On the way to church, it's always VeggieTales. On the way home, you can watch whatever you want. We literally don't care. Why on the way to church is it always VeggieTales? It's, it's Christian. Christian! We have all been there, haven't we? 
when you begin to wonder, why bother? These kids are driving me nuts. The wife, the husband drives us just as nuts. What's the big deal about church? We begin to wonder who needs the hassle of getting everybody up and trying to get everybody out of the house and there on time. And when we get there, my kids just can't sit quietly without making a scene. It's like the circus comes to town. Who needs that kind of stress in their life? It's just a lot more convenient to stay home and go online. After all, I can do it at any time. I can do it in bed. I can do it at night. I can do it in my recliner. There's a growing number of people in our country that identify themselves as spiritual, but not religious. And although that sounds very noble and high-minded and, and very deeply devout, a part of that happens, though, because those who study church demographics call this group of people the nuns. No, not the black habit and walking around with beads. But they're considered to be nuns because when they're asked in religious surveys about their affiliation, they would check the box, none, every time. They rejected the rituals and the cathedrals that became mausoleums for the dead. But at the same time, without necessarily knowing it, they're rejecting what God knows we need most. You see, in Ephesians 3, we're told that the church, that is the body of Christ, was actually God's plan. From before creation, before the world ever began, God knew how much we would need each other, how much we would need the church, and the value that church has in our life. That's what I want to talk about with you in the coming moments. First of all, God knows that we need church for encouragement. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, that it says this, Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now as the day of his return is drawing near. You see, we all need that kind of encouragement because we just don't get it on a daily basis. If anything, life beats us down and makes us feel like a failure. Sometimes work makes us feel like a failure, especially when we're laid off or maybe when we've been let go or our hours have been cut back, or, well, anything about it. The frustrations of having to do remote work, it, it just drives us nuts. And then the deadlines are still the same. And while we're now trying to work from home, it ends up having an effect on the family as well. And sometimes our marriage beats us down. Sometimes the kids be beat us down and make us feel like a loser. The reality is this, the day that you find yourself wanting to skip church is frequently the time when you need church more than ever. There's an unseen battle being fought for your heart, for your soul. The world can't tell the difference between terrorists and Christians. To them, we're both angry, and that's what makes them angry at us. Nonetheless, God knows that we needed church because it's there in church that we find encouragement for each other. A second thing that God knew was that church would help to keep us on the right path. 
the wisdom of the world says, it doesn't matter. Do you, you do you. All roads lead to the same place. You know what? Why don't you try that on the way home today and let's see how that works for you. Or maybe this, the next time you go to the pharmacy, just tell the pharmacy, nah, never mind what the prescription says. Just give me whatever you got the most of. You and I both know that's not going to work out well because all medicine doesn't lead to the same place either. Paul would say in Galatians chapter 6, which by the way is where I'll be the rest of the lesson today. In verse 1, if any, excuse me, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. That last warning is the same warning they give anyone who's learned how to be a lifeguard. You need to be aware that sometimes when you're trying to help out others who may be drowning, you end up both going down and losing your life. The same thing is true for us. As we find ourselves given the opportunity to actually try to help others, sometimes if we're not careful, we allow their problems to become our problems. Instead of being that sounding board, we become a sponge that sucks all their toxicity into our own life and our own heart. The encouragement that's there in church that God knew that we needed is that only family, only a godly family will love you enough to tell you the truth when you've gotten off the right path. Only those who love you care enough about you to say, you are going the wrong way from where you're trying to get to. Only a godly family will not only tell you you're going the wrong way, but will do so in a way that's gentle and humble. That's why the wisdom of God reminds us that on our own, it's easy to get lost, to get off the right path, at least for three different reasons. James would talk about it in these terms. It's our own sinful desires, first of all. It's not anybody's fault. It's our own natural inclination. I know my weaknesses. God knows my weaknesses. But so does Satan. And my own sinful desires, that natural inclination that I have, is what usually drags me off the path before anything else. My own spiritual ignorance can do so as well. Scripture says that that kind of ignorance, that unawareness of what the Word of God says, can result in us being tossed around like a rudderless, anchorless ship by every wind and wave of teaching. A third thing that can get us off course is the satanic attack that the story of Job talks about in chapter 1. It verifies that as a reality, whether we have really thought that much about it or not. It's clear that everything that happens to Job in that first chapter happens because of the intent, design, and activity of Satan. Everything that Job encounters happens because it's an attack on his heart. The loss of his wealth, Scripture says, where your money is, there will your heart be also. The loss of family, the ones he loved the most, 
again attacked what he loved the most. That sense of well-being that we get from good health, even that was attacked. So whether it's our own sinful desires, whether it's our own spiritual unawareness of the will of God, or whether it's satanic attacks trying to with trying to block us from seeing the way that God would have us to walk, all of those can get us off the path. That's why God knows we need the church to encourage us and to get us back on the right path toward God. A third thing that God knew is that he knows we needed the church so that we wouldn't get weighed down by life. Again, in Galatians chapter 6, this time in verse 2, he reminds us to share each other's burdens, fulfilling the law of Christ. Some things you'll just not be able to carry on your own. The weight of it is too great. It'll take you under and suck the life right out of you, just as certainly as if somebody had tied a weight around your neck and tossed you into the deep end of the pool. Nobody should have to bear the weight of grief alone. The mental strain of safe at home, talk about an oxymoron. Safe at home has created such an incredible sense of a mental strain and a disconnection from life and people that will be years getting past that and the depression that it's created. There are some things we just shouldn't bear alone. An illustration of that came home to me when I was doing the friend or doing the funeral of a close friend of mine. As the widow and her two sons knelt by his casket in the lobby, I watched to the side waiting. The funeral home director gave me a nod and kind of tapped at his watch that it was time we needed to move on. Well, what do you do? It, it just felt wrong to encourage them to leave the the body of their father and husband. Eventually, I walked up, put my hand on her shoulder, looked at the boys who were grown men at the time with their own wives and said, it's time. Well, they got up and, and their wives grabbed their arm, but she struggled. And the aisle that we were to walk down might as well have been 10 miles long. I saw her knees begin to buckle a little bit at the doorway, and because of our longtime relationship, I automatically just stepped to her side, took her elbow, and whispered, we can do this together. And we walked down the aisle to the front of the church for the rest of the funeral. There are some things that are just too heavy to deal with on your own. And that's why God knew that we needed a church. You see that in the life of Jesus as well, because the night of his betrayal, it was a trial of lies. It was the beating and finally the death by crucifixion, not to mention the humiliation and the shame of being suspended naked for the world to see. That very night, Jesus himself asked his closest friends to draw near and pray for him. Now, you know as well as I do that if the Son of God was so weighed down by the heaviness of what he was facing that he needed to reach out and ask for support and prayer of others, you think maybe we might need to do that every now as well? 
That's why God knows we need the church and the relationships that we can develop in the body of Christ when things get just too big, too hard, and too heavy. Only people who have a spiritual connection to you will love you like that when life gets that hard. But that's how God taught them to love. It's not easy to love people, especially family. How hard does it get? God watched his perfect son die because of what his rebellious children were doing. That's the depth of love that we learn from God. And that's the depth of love that he shows others and that we learn to show others as well. God knows we need church to carry life's heavy stuff. And when we help carry the heavy lifting for others, that kind of weightlifting helps me grow stronger as well. In Galatians 6 verse 3, it says, If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're just not that important. Boy, you talk about a, a cold bucket of water in the face. That's it, isn't it? A reminder that we're to serve because we never know when we're going to need others to serve us. We're not exempt. We serve because that's what Jesus did. Not out of our own ego, not out of our own condescension. Here, let me help you poor unfortunate soul. But instead, we serve out of love for those who are overwhelmed and overloaded by life. It was just prior to this in Galatians 5, verse 25 and 26, that Paul wrote these words, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited. There's that you're not too good for this yourself part. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. You see, some Christians would like to settle for becoming more educated than obedient to the will of God, which just leads to greater arrogance and further distance from God and from each other. God knows we need church because it's in church. We find encouragement to stay on the right path. We need help to, from each other to carry the load of life. And also because God knows we need church to grow in responsibility and accountability. Once we allow ourselves to be humble enough to help others and realize that we could have needed that help as well, you understand what Galatians 6 verse 4 says, pay careful attention to your own work, for then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we're each responsible for our own conduct. It's pretty easy to get wrapped up in comparing our life to others, especially the more that you find yourself reaching out to encourage others or guide each other back on the right path. It's pretty easy to become a little arrogant and prideful that, well, you know, I didn't have that problem or man, they're really messed up. But instead, he reminds us that we have responsibility for our own life and we need to do everything we can to take care of ourselves. We focus on what I want for my life based on what others need. 
We focused on, I want this in my life instead of God. What do you want for my life? God knows we need church to keep us from that kind of arrogance and jealousy. Another thing is that God knows that we need church because that's where we learn generosity. In Galatians 6, verses 6 through 8, he writes, Those who are taught the Word of God should provide for their teachers, sharing all good things with them. Don't be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from that Spirit. You see, our natural tendency that we learned early on can be summarized in one simple, one-syllable word, mine. Church is where we're taught to reshape our priorities. Church is where we're surrounded by good people doing good things for others. And we learn what has lasting value and what's also worthless to cling on to. If we hang on to just our sinful nature and the things that we want for our life, he says the end result of that is nothing but death and decay. It's kind of like grabbing a banana and, and feeling your hand go all the way through it. Or, you know, you're going to make a baked potato, so you open up the bag, you stick your hand in, and your thumb goes all the way halfway into the, baked potato, into the potato before you even throw it in. It smells like something dead. And he says, that's what your life smells like. It smells like there's something dead here. If all you ever do is live for mine. God knows we need church also to encourage us not to give up on the good. In Galatians 6 verse 9, he says, Let us not get tired or let us not grow weary of doing what is good. And I love this next phrase, at just the right time, we will harvest a blessing if we don't give you see, God always shows up at just the right time. And when that happens over and over and over, as long as we're paying attention in our life, it teaches us that we can trust God instead of giving up in frustration. And when we trust God, we keep on doing what we know is the right thing to do. Claudia and I had just gotten married in November, and that January we went to Texas from Ohio to go to school. First of the year came, we filed taxes a couple of months later because that's still what you do, and you can only begin to, uh, to imagine how my heart sank when I opened up the results of what the CPA had done for us to realize that what we owed the IRS amounted to three months of the income that we were living on at that time. If we didn't spend a dime on rent, if we didn't spend a dime on food, if we didn't spend a dime on a car payment or anything else, it would take three months to pay off that bill. 
Well, you can't live like that. We didn't know what to do. April rolled around. The 15th is coming. We're starting to get nervous. And I went out to the mailbox a couple of days before April 15th, and there were two checks in the mail. One of them was a check for the 47 Jeep Willys that had just been sold that I owned and had left in Ohio. The second check was for Claudia's 1970 Blue Camaro. <laughs> we both hated to leave those behind, but the total of those two checks came out to exactly the amount that we needed to pay off the IRS bill. At just the right time, God shows up. But this is not just about money. James 1 says, when trials come, the result of that is that we learn endurance or patience. And that's what develops in our life, in our heart. And the result of that is that our faith matures. And with that maturity of faith, we learn that God will provide everything we need. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift that comes down to us from God above. The more often you see God show up, the more you realize that that's the nature of God. Instead of blaming God, why did you send this on me? Why did you do this to me, God? We begin to realize that maybe that didn't come from God. But instead, whatever is good and perfect and right in the world, that's what comes from God. And you can always count on Him because He's just that consistent. One last thing to share with you this morning from Galatians 6. God knows we need the church for good people to be blessed with good things. In verse 10, he says, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should always do good to everyone, but especially to those in the family of faith. You see, it's in the church that my awareness is raised and it keeps me from being oblivious and just with tunnel vision focused on my life and what's in front of me, completely unaware of anyone or anything that's going on around me. The church helps me not be stuck on obsessing about my own life. God has always used His people to bless other people throughout the whole world. As a matter of fact, he even said both to Abraham and to his son, Jesus the Messiah, that the whole world would be blessed through him. Even God's people, but even good people get burned out. And that's why we need the church to remember that even good people need good brought back into their life. They need the encouragement to stay on the right path. That happens in the church. They need to find help when they're overburdened with the heavy stuff of life. That happens in the church. They need to learn, we need to learn personal responsibility so that we grow up and become accountable for our own business instead of always depending on somebody else. And we learn that in the church. We also learn generosity and the tenacity of trust in a God who always shows up at just the right time and rewards the good that we have done. It's in the church that God uses his people to bless other good people. God knows we need the church.
Let me say one last thing as I close. God has blessed this church, MCC, with your incredible generosity during the suspension of our regular services for the last two months. About 30% of you have started to actually give online. When we started, it was more like about 3%. And that's helped tremendously. Thank you for adding to the stability of our offerings. Some of you have dropped off your offering during the week, and that's helped as well. It's always helped me to see a friendly face and to spend some time chatting with you. Thank you for doing that. Others of you have licked a stamp and have mailed it in on a regular basis, and that certainly has helped as well. Thank you, too. You see, like it or not, we do have a new normal, and that new normal has created new expenses that we weren't planning on. Yes, we've restrained spending temporarily, but in time, we're going to have to spend money that we weren't prepared to spend to be able to do what we now know needs to happen for online worship and on-site worship. I hope that you'll discover the generosity and blessing that comes from that and knowing that God will always make sure you have everything you need. And when you discover the blessing of generosity, I hope God blows your socks off, if you've put them on yet today, as a result of discovering that God can always be trusted. God bless you as you serve Him this week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.